Hello, Sports and Spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. Well, there we go. There we go. We were talking about Pat Carlone, our engineer at WXCI. We could use them for sports and spaghetti to be real with you guys. First of all, I don't know how he, I, like I've I've been there, I I worked I was there for three years in college, and years since been there done that. I don't know how he contacts the station to get our radio feed from from the whack on XCI. Because he has to go on his cell phone. Yeah. And there's a flip a, cell phone. There's a little transmitter. And, and then there's a flip phone. Right. And, and then... he's got to press all these <laughs> buttons. He's got to call it. He's got to listen. He points at me when it connects. It's it's really, it's old. It's old-fashioned and old school. But he does it somehow. Yeah. And it, he does it well because we sound we sound really good. We and sounded that is, great. It has nothing to do with us. Like even just sound wise, like we sounded yeah. really good. No, the the audio sounded great. I uh, I, I don't think he knows that you're that you're a human being. Sometimes uh, we had a good conversation when you left. When oh, you, you did. When oh, you, you got did. really mad and you left. I brought something up. You and got we, mad. Yeah, yeah. You got you kind of stormed out when you had to pee because you were just. Everything was thrust upon you, and no, oh, I wasn't mad. I really just had to pee. Yeah, well, okay. So when you, you when you stormed to go pee, uh, I talked to Pat for like thirty seconds, and I got a chuckle out of him. I was like, okay, he doesn't see directly through me, right? Well, no, and I'll tell you something. He texted me on Sunday morning after the call, and he said the interview is on now, and I was like, what? And then I and Melissa and I went somewhere, and. um and I turned it on, and we sounded pretty good. Like my interview, my interview, the the guests I interviewed sounded really good. It's funny every time I said um or like, I was like, ah, no, no, don't do that. Uh, so critical of it, but it was fun. We had a fun call. And you yeah. got so annoyed at yourself. I got this so guy, annoyed. Now that we're not on the air, this guy was sitting next to me, on my right. And every so often, I would look over after his time was up, like when the ball was about to be snapped. He never once talked over a play. Not that I care if you do once or twice. Like it doesn't. If it's every play, like 2016, like I'm pulling my hair out. When there's people next to us that I can't see you when I'm talking to, I'm pulling my hair out. Okay. When there's people in me that smell like weed and beer next to us. At various points during the game, poking their head into my booth, that annoys me. When you talk over a snap, I don't care. You didn't even do that, but several times this guy's over there shaking his head like, ah, no. I'm like, what are you? Every time I was like, lighten up. Well, the the one that I got real upset with was I was talking about kickoff, and I said they're losing something, and I, I couldn't find the word contain, and uh, that just made me upset. I, I was, know you're I was, visibly upset. <laughs> I, was, I was visibly shaken that I could not remember the term contain um, because I don't know. In my mind, that's like you don't hear, you know, I'm just super critical because a I'm critical on myself. Sure. But B, it's like if you listen to Chris Collinsworth and he's not forgetting the word contain and he's not forgetting this and he's not forgetting that. Yeah. But at the same time, he has a whole production crew and they're feeding him everything. 
and he has a headset on and I mean we didn't even we didn't even know the starters until right. 10 minutes before game time. And say what you want about Collinsworth, he's been doing it a long time. Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while. You can call the plays just as well as him. You can name the plays as well as Collinsworth as well as as all of them. You do. Yeah. You're no. a student of the game. <laughs> you played the game, so you know. Uh anybody that's played the game at a high enough level knows the plays. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, like I think since I've been like born or at least watching football. Yeah, this dude's been around forever. But yeah, no, it was a good call. Uh we had fun. Always fun. Probably our last call of the season for football. Uh we'll see if we could get a few basketball games in lacrosse in the spring. Now that we're there, we might as well might as well, yeah. Well, the door has been cracked. We might as well kick it open. Yeah, and, you know, there's always that chance we could hop on a live stream for basketball and we could be good at basketball calls. Yeah, I mean, bas- I struggle with basketball, but I can. I feel like I can put something together. Yeah, you're, you're a natural at this. I appreciate that. I appreciate yes. that. But, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you might, if, you listen to our, if you listen to our last two WestCon calls, that might be the beginning of, of something huge for us. It so could you be. You never know. You could be around... Since day one, that's shout right. out, shout out, Andrew. You've been there since day one, and I do mean boat. Um, <laughs> that's never gonna die, pal. I hope you know that. We're never gonna let you live that down. Never. So once. while you're listening tomorrow morning, uh, we're on. It's Tuesday evening here, late evening. Uh, you're gonna listen, and and yes, that's why we say it, and we love you. And he's he really is a loyal listener. Absolutely. I feel like I feel like we have to get him in here at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got to get him in here for a guest spot. Um, he's gonna text me tomorrow and say, "Oh, I would love to, Chris." <laughs> and and I love his attitude. He's a good dude. Good people. Um. Anyway, I'll tell you something. When when we were deciding what to make today for the food, we did sports for five minutes there. Wow. How about that? Uh. And we're doing what everybody said. Why don't you mix them together? All right, Dad. I'm doing it. Um, when we're deciding what to make today, um, I really can't share a lot about why this is a heart-healthy meal. Uh, it's heart-healthy week. Just know it's it's uh, a heart-healthy meal. Uh, it has to do with hearts, and one of them got attacked uh, somewhere nearby my my life. Not, not me. In my, not in my family. Nor, nor me, nor anybody in my family. So uh, in my, in my work life. Fair. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, you know, something happened. And um, and so we're doing a heart healthy uh, thing today. Um, you know, what's interesting is that you never you never really think about those kind of things, those medical events until something happens a little bit closer to you. And it's a little bit freaky because, the, you know, those kind of things can happen to anybody. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely scary. It's definitely scary. And so uh, I said, you know what? Today's heart healthy day. Uh, and the the first thing I thought of was something that my Grammy always made, and we featured it last week. Hey, check the poll. Check the poll from last week. Oh, you smoked me. I did? Smoked me. I was It was close to being tied last time I checked. But that was probably before you checked it. You beat. Me. I know Demi liked yours better. You put the, uh, the the what is that called? Pastizio. Yeah. Yeah, that's in there. So he was gonna pick you no matter what. 
You beat me, Mr. Chris Walker. Here, I'm just going to edit the highlight now while no, we go ahead. While we talk about it. No, just say it. It's a podcast. It's not a live game. No, I know. You beat I'm I was literally trying to look at. I was trying to get the results. You beat me. 71% to 29%. I'm not surprised I had a better list. You did it. You had a good list. We'll argue more later. Yeah. That's also, something. though, give a shout out to our graphics guy. Uh, oh, it's me. Um, <laughs> for for the for the like, nice what? for the nice new graphic for the for the food drafts because we're starting to get a little professional in here because yes. we kind of have to at this point. No, it's so <laughs> weird, but yeah, it's a thing. Um, so I made Grammy's vegetarian chili. You want to know why it's heart healthy? It's not because it's all vegetables. Well, it is. Uh, the main reason is there's zero milligrams of cholesterol. Zero grams of fat. Zero grams of added sugar. I, I, and very low sodium. I was just going to say that just the taste of it, you, you could tell there wasn't lots of sodium in it at all. There is salt to season, but the point of it, is that it's healthy. That's the point. And it, for somebody that, you know, I don't think I'd ever be able to do anything vegetarian ever, it was delicious. I told Chris I could eat that multiple times uh, a month. Like, I can do that oh, once yeah. a week. And, oh, yeah. And I'm the same way. I need my chicken. I need my beef, turkey. I, I need it. The one thing I don't eat a lot of is pork, but whatever. Uh, this is as good as it gets. You still get the protein, right? We can dip into a vegetarian dish. I mean, most times a salad is vegetarian, right? I mean, we can eat a salad without yeah. meat in it. So this chili has everything you need in a meal, though. If you've got your protein source, you have chickpeas. Chickpeas are an incredibly good source of protein. Um, it's got red kidney beans, uh, which are another great source of, of iron, of fiber of protein you've got all these vegetables there's celery there's carrots there's onion there's red bell pepper green bell pepper jalapeno pepper i mean there's all there's corn at the end i it's a it's a fabulous uh, uh recipe it was in one of grammy's cookbooks um she didn't invent the recipe um but it is her recipe. I'm actually going to tell you exactly whose recipe it is. So it was in a cookbook. It's in an old cookbook. And the woman's name is Jean-Marc, or, or the man, Jean-Marc Fulsack. That's That's, the, no, no, it's not. Yeah, Jean-Marc Fulsack. <laughs> Swear to you. Somebody get Jean-Marc some assistance out here. Yeah. That's right. And it says this is very <laughs> spicy and flavorful. Try it with fresh corn tortillas and rice. Uh, you don't even need any of that. Um, it says you could prepare it ahead of time. It's an amazing leftover. You just sweat all the vegetables that I said and garlic uh, for like five minutes. You add the garlic, oregano, thyme, coriander, cumin, chili powder, the jalapenos, uh, tomatoes, uh, and the beans. It calls for pinto beans only. My Grammy substituted kidney beans and chickpeas. I think it's an excellent call. Oh, that's a genius call. Oh, it's just a no-doubter. 
Uh, it gives it more flavor. Uh, she omits the miso paste. Um, and then there's like this little vinaigrette that goes on the side you're supposed to mix in that has lemon juice, vinegar, salt, pepper, uh, cilantro, and lemon. Did I say lemon juice? Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. You're supposed to mix that and then put it in at the end. She's never done that. I never did that either. I don't even think it needs it, to be uh, honest with you. It, it tastes ant the way it was intended to. Uh, it, it says in the book, cook it for 20 minutes. Uh, Grammy wrote down in the book, cook for one hour or longer. So it was on there for about an hour and 15 minutes before you got here. I turned it off right before you walked in. And uh, I'm so excited to eat it. Uh, I picked at it, obviously. I made a little bit of bread, too which is not detrimental to the heart uh, if you have a, a slice of bread. Uh, but, yeah, a super healthy. It doesn't taste like it should be healthy, but it's incredibly healthy. Dude. Yeah. No, the only thing that I would say is I would do maybe more of, like, this is just me, like maybe more tomato so it's actually, like, more soupy. But uh, yeah, it doesn't need it. That's just an, It's just an addition because, like, when I hear chili, I think, like, kind of soup chili. It's not chili, right? It's cooked. Yeah. It's definitely not chili like you'd eat at a cookout yeah. normally with meat in it, turkey or beef. Um and and that's intentional. It's meant I don't even know what you would call it because it's not a liquid base. No, it's like it's just essentially it's like stewed vegetables. Right? Yeah. And it's it's delicious. Didn't you yeah. say there was some vegetable stock in there too as well? Yep, vegetable yeah. stock is uh, you sweat the vegetables in it, and then there's a cup, one cup. There's not a whole lot of liquid in it. Um, and once it sits in the fridge overnight, there's a little bit more liquid as the liquid drains out of mm -hmm. the vegetables. So it's a little bit more soupy, but it's not a soup. No, it's, no. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't expecting a soup. I was expecting a little more soupy, but nonetheless, I mean. Right, and we all have our preferences liquid, as Liquid well. or not, that was, it was delicious. Thank you. It was I'm, delicious. I'm really happy. It, uh, I told him, I told Aunt when he walked in the house that the smell he smelled is my Grammy's house. And it smelled delicious. That, if you could imagine, eight or nine or even four, almost, almost four years, uh, the 25th. Wow. Uh, I know. Uh, you know, five years ago even, we were making chili. Uh, it's sad to think about, but that's the smell, and so that always makes me smile uh, when I make something. Don't don't do this. This is sentimental. While I now I'm gonna try it one more time. Ant is grinning. It's a low hum. I hear a hum, Ant. Anyway, uh, you, five years ago you walk into my Grammy's house in the winter, and that's cooking. Um, and it brings a smile to my face knowing that I can recreate that because it's the only thing of hers that I can exactly copy because I made it with her like the last 10 years of her life. I hear a low hum. But, yeah, there's uh, that's the chili, and Aunt approved of it. And really, when somebody says something you make is good, especially something of Grammys, that makes me smile. Yeah, it's delicious, and it's good for your heart. Um, unlike what sports do to me because uh, right now none of my teams are good for my heart. Um no. And, and we'll touch on, not my teams, well, one of my teams, but we'll touch on those on our next segment, and that is in no particular order with Mr. Chris Walker. Oh, yes. Um, now, should we get to in no particular order? I haven't, I haven't gotten the call yet for bedtime, so uh, we're going to go right ahead, I guess. Yeah, we can showbiz it anyway. Yeah, we'll showbiz. 
the people. It's a podcast. It's not, we're not doing live TV here. No, we're not live like on the broadcast. No. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the good uh, and get that out of the way because uh, Jamar Chase had a great week um, after after being kind of silent in the beginning of the season by his standards. Um, he he went on record as saying, "I'm always effing open." Uh, right. I'm right. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, they asked me like, "Why you know why don't you think the ball's getting to you? Are you open?" And his response was, "I'm always effing open." Um. And he certainly proved that uh, 12 catches, 141 yards, and three touchdowns this weekend. Uh, <laughs> 12 catches in a game. The dude is always open. Yeah, and it was it was against a team that I thought was going to win, and that was the Arizona Cardinals, and they got beat pretty bad. So that is what, it's what the Bengals needed to do, and they needed to take care of yeah. they needed to take care of business against teams that needed that they need to take care of business against. Right. No, uh, like I said, Jamar Chase is the good, uh, had a huge week, came back, uh, and, and kind of backed up what he was saying. Um, <coughs> excuse me. All right. The, eh this week, Anthony, this is this, I'm going to let you interject at the end of this for a moment. Okay. So the, just for a moment, because we got to get to the bad, and that's and that, and you've got a problem with. with I have something. a huge problem with the bad, and I I just want I just want you to know that I had to cook all evening, so I didn't watch the Lagreca rant and the, what we're going to talk about on the bad today. Um, but anyway, the eh is the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they are eh because and this has been like in my back pocket for a couple weeks, but since the NHL season is starting today, as we record this. Um, I thought I'd pepper it in there and just make your blood pressure go up a little bit. Um, they they are the end because of their questionable signings over this offseason. And since this season starts today, uh, we're going to see what happens. Ryan Hartman th- got a three-year extension. Uh, Marcus Foligno got a four-year contract. <laughs> Matt Zuccarello got a two-year contract. We're not going to talk about Zuc. Zuccarello deserves. I think that was a good contract for Zuc. Two years. Guy's not the youngest anymore, but he's the best playmaker, one of the best playmakers in the NHL, and um, certainly that that energy guy on your team that's going to make plays and get Kirill Kaprizov the puck. Now, the is- the issues I have with the Hartman signing is he got three years. He's coming off of a season where he scored 15 goals. That's a huge decline in his production. The guy was a 30-goal scorer two seasons ago. He scored over 30 goals. Now, the two seasons before that, Ant, he scored less than 10 goals each season. I believe he had five one year and seven the next. Then he had over 30 and then 15. He, he cut back on his production by half. Well, my thing is, I don't want to cut you off, but it's just fresh in my mind. So my thing is, Minnesota, and this is why they really, really gelled when Kirill went down last year. Because usually in hockey, when you lose a superstar, it's it's over. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, I think I was touching that. Um, so it's over when you lose a superstar. But the issue, right, is when... It's because your, your wire is, you're holding the wire. When Kirill wasn't on the ice, they didn't have that number one scoring option. So Boldy started shooting more. Zook started shooting more. Hartman started shooting more. Sam Steele Sam started Steel. shooting yes, more. Sir. We saw all that. And now I think it's kind of – I think his production declined because he's not 
they don't need him to do anything but feed Kirill the puck, which I don't think that I don't think you win like that. No, and and again with a guy like Hartman, I don't know if three years is is a great contract because the Wild, yes, they lost a few guys in the offseason, and I think they had to do something with Hartman and maybe we don't know. Maybe he was asking for more term and got less, but I don't love that that signing. The other what go ahead. I was gonna say I don't I don't mind it. I don't love it. I don't hate it, but it's one of those things where they needed a first line center. And did I ever think Ryan Hartman was their first line center? Absolutely not. Right. So then Marcus Felino got signed for four more years. Um, I don't. I Felino don't. scored seven goals last season, and I know he's not a goal scorer, and that's not his job. But it's the same reason why I'm wondering why Semyon Varlamov got four years for the Islanders. Why four years? That's a long time. That's a lot of term for a guy like Felino. They're basically saying, this is our heart and soul locker room guy for the next four years. And he's on the books for four years. Whether he retires, whether he scores no goals, whether he's on the bench, whether he's watching the games from the stands, they still got to pay this guy. Yeah, I don't I don't like this, especially when it came down to the playoffs against Dallas. And you wanted, I mean, you wanted your guys to come in and you wanted the scrappy players out there because we all know Dallas and how they play. But, like, Felino didn't do anything in the playoffs. We watched, I watched almost every game with you or talking to yes. you. And all he did was he would be on the ice for two, three minutes and and then he would spend four minutes in the penalty box. Like, he led, I'm pretty sure he led the playoffs in penalty minutes. Yes, like, he did. He did nothing but put Dallas on their power play and they scored, like, Every single time they were on their power play, right. So it's like at the end of the day, like yeah, you're the heart and soul guy. You're the you're the grinder here. But like four years, like you you mean to tell me you can't give Pat Maroon two years? They just traded for him. They signed him in the offseason, whatever it was. You can't give a guy like Pat Maroon two years. You 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 didn't pay Ryan Reeves, and at least Reeves at least Reeves went out and punched people in the face, right? So it's like what are you what are you trying to do here? What are we trying to build? There's obvious. You know, every every team needs that locker room guy, but is Felino the guy you want? Like, I feel like everybody's going to be relying on Zook to be that mentor, to be that older guy. You got guys coming up, um, maybe not Brock Faber because he's a defenseman, but um, you know, Marco Rossi coming up, even still Matt Boldy. Like, do do you want two more, three more young guys to turn into Felinos, or do you want them to turn into do you want them to turn into Zuccarellos? Right. So it just made no it made no sense to me. We're gonna. We're going to get more into hockey. I, I wanted this to be a back and forth. Sometimes people are like, well, I don't like that in no particular order is a back and forth sometimes. Well, it's my segment, so I could do what I want. Um, and that's what I did. That was a ba- I wanted a back and forth with, with Anther because that's his team. If he did a segment and talked about the Islanders and I got to say nothing, then what would I do? I'd be like, what are you doing? That segment would be on the chopping block in our notes section. <laughs> You know what, Ann? I don't think we should do this anymore. I don't like where that's headed, There's Ann. something wrong. Yeah, there's something wrong. I don't like the direction this one's going in. This is just an anti-Islanders <laughs> pod. And the bad this week, after talking about the wild, and this being an anti-Isles podcast, is not the Islanders, Ann. Don't you worry. It's the Giants' O-line. Okay? So, Anthony enlightened me to something during Sabby's bedtime ritual. 
You didn't even know when it was because that was so flawlessly executed by us. Shout out Pat Carl. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, shout out us. We're the engineer. Um, he enlightened me to to this rant that Lagreca went on, um, uh, on on the morning. Right, he's in the morning. Right, I think so. This was this was uh, like a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. I just we're talking about it now. Right. Uh, anyway, the Giants O line is absolutely horrendous. I'm going to tell you something about them. Uh, and yes, this is a back and forth too because I said so. Um, uh, so Dan Jones, forget about him being hurt. Forget about the neck injury he sustained. Okay, which which is solely on the O line uh, because maybe it was one of the 28 times he's been sacked in the last five games, or maybe one of the 16 times he's been sacked in the last two games. That averages out to eight sacks a game. That means he's going down eight times a game. To be fair, against the, I'll, I'll I'll play devil's advocate here. I think like four of them against Seattle was weren't his fault or weren't the O line's fault. Like he had a play where he motioned and uh, he went off on a bootleg and he just didn't check, even though they had an overhang, so they had a free rusher right at him, uh, an uncovered defensive end. He just didn't check out of it and just ran right at him and got dropped. So, well. All right, that's one out of the. I think it was like three or four, but it's still twenty-eight is not good. He is on pace to absolutely shatter Derek Carr's record. Right, uh, he's been pressured forty-six percent of dropbacks. <laughs> you can't win like that. Um, is it really surprising that they're one in four with numbers like that? I think he's got like eight hundred eighty-four yards through five games. Um, yeah, and so. The other thing is that Evan Neal, and and I said this because in watching the game and the highlights, uh, he was non-existent. Like, he's letting guys blow by him. Yeah, okay? he's, I mean, they're running right by him. There was one game where when they play, or one play when he played um, on Monday night against the Seahawks, he blocked his own teammate. It was... Right, it's, it's, Evan, it's bad. Yeah. And for a guy that was highly, as highly touted as him and... and, and first dra- round pick. Right, first round pick. Um it's on. I mean, it is unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Absolutely. And and that's why the Giants are the bad. Uh, but after watching this Lagreca rant, I think he might be the bad too because he went on an absolute rampage about some things that Evan Neal said after the game. And uh, I think exactly what he said was uh, well, along the lines of, um, "What do these people do that boo us? Uh, flip burgers or something? Uh, why would a lion?" go down to the level of a sheep yeah why would essentially he said why would a lion consider or concern himself with the opinions of sheep right talking about this is evan neal talking about the fans and the fans are being sheep and so i mean i'm kind of on both sides of it it's kind of it's not that classy of a guy to say especially when you've been playing that badly um but i get the frustration and giants fans uh, what he also said was that a lot of Giants fans are fair weather fans, and and that is so they are so guilty of that as a fan base. They're the same fans. Don't get me started, Anthony. They're the same fans that root for the Rangers when they're good. I'm on your side here because in my in my current job that I'm at right now, uh, I see it all the time. I see people come in that are you know quote unquote oh I'm a diehard Giants fans. Well, guess what? All of the all of the people that came in and bought jerseys last year. I got a full shelf of jerseys right now because they're bad. I understand fair weather fans. People think, oh, they just disappear. 
when you, you know they just disappear when they're bad and they only root for them and they only go to games when they're good. But let's be real here. I think a lot of people are Fairweather fans because I didn't want to go to watch the Yankees stink it up. I don't want right. to watch. I don't want to go to a Panthers game right now when they can't score on offense. So yes, yeah, but you're gonna I, watch the game. I'm gonna watch the game, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna act like I, I wouldn't go out right now and buy a jersey. Does that make me a Fairweather fan? I guess so, I but. Would. I mean, maybe I'm just psychotic because I would buy I'll, I'll buy a jersey for the Isles when they suck. Yeah, well, will, will you buy it? Will you buy it because the I will you buy a jersey of just somebody, or would you buy somebody you actually like that is performing well? So, like I'd go out right now and I'd buy a Derek Brown jersey, but am I going to buy a Jonathan Mingo jersey? Or I no, understand. absolutely not. Would I get a right, Bryce I wouldn't Young? go get a Pierre Engvall jersey just because. Right? Exactly. Like you're not yeah. grabbing you're not grabbing it just because. But nonetheless, it's like. Yeah, of course people are going to spend more money when their team is good. Of course they're going to go out and have more fun at the games because LaGreca talked about it, and, and this is one thing that I agree with him on. When you go to when you, live sporting events, for the most part, they're terrible. There's there you know the atmosphere is great, but let's be real, especially night games, night football games where you're driving two hours, two and a half hours. Sometimes it's a lot better when it's cold out. Sometimes it's a lot better just to sit on your couch and, and crack open a cold one. Oh, I agree so, with you with watching the football games at home. Absolutely. So that's one thing that I agree with. But, yeah, people are coming out and they're going in and cheering. And I had a guy come in today and he's like, I've been to every Giants game so far except the one in Arizona. I've been at every game. So I'm like, okay, well, you're an idiot. Why are you going to those games? Well, because I just want to see it. Lot. Yeah, but are your seats even that good? No, they're nosebleeds. So why are you going? <sighs> Sounds like torture. That's exactly like you got to deal with that. You got to pay for the parking. You got to oh, obviously a, you're going to buy. Day. It's it's a whole yeah. It's a whole you you base your week around it realistically. And uh, LaGreca yeah. Le, Le talks about that too, especially a night game. It's oh well the well the kids have a babysitter and what time do I have to drop oh, them off yeah. on it's Tuesday like morning? A and this substitute to cover for me. It's more trouble than it's worth half the time. Yeah, more so, than half the time. So that's that's the one thing I agree upon. But listen, but he went off on this tirade. Against Evan Neal, screaming at him, calling him names, saying he's a piece of trash. Saying not all of us are burger flippers. Not all of us are burger flippers. What if you are a burger flipper? Who cares? First of all, he wasn't. He wasn't talking about. Uh, he wasn't saying it. Just oh, I hate when people take quotes literally no so it's not and, and listen he can take it literally i took it and this made me mad because i'm one of the very few people that disagree almost completely with this lagreca with this lagreca thing i do too i disagree with it because yeah he's not playing well but evan neal is a top 32 player as a right tackle in the world I don't care what you have to say. I don't care if he's the worst player. You ever, you know, when you were a kid and you would see those charity events and, and you see this guy and a minor leaguer comes down and he's just so much better than anything you've ever seen. You're like, oh, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he never makes it out of Double A ball. That's what I'm talking about. Stuff like that. Like, I don't. Yes, he, Evan Neal should not, without a doubt, should not care about the opinions of people that are not playing right tackle in the NFL. Why do any of their opinions matter? Why does my opinion or your opinion or Don LaGreca's opinion matter? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. And another thing that bothers me is LaGreca went crazy and is, oh, you can't talk to fans like that. They're the ones that pay your salaries. Guess what, buddy? Let's be real here. Even if you own your own business, somebody else is paying your salary. One way or the other. Right. Don LaGreca, you're getting paid. Do you know why you're getting paid? Because people keep listening to you. 
you're getting paid because of professional athletes. Your media. At you're, its core. You're, yes, you're getting if, paid to talk about something somebody else is doing. If Evan Neal isn't playing, then you don't talk about it. And if you're and you don't get paid for it. And if nobody's listening to you, you're gonna get canned. Okay? That's why we have a podcast. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> so that's my thing is if if nobody's listening to you, you're gonna get absolutely canned. So that this whole this whole fans pay your salary thing and this and that, yeah, to a certain extent they do. And it's an exorbitant amount of money because of what the fans pay, but let's be real, that's a whole market issue and the Giants will just keep raising prices and that's a whole nother episode. Right. But Listen, at the end of the day, if I call in, Don LaGreca, if I call in and I start criticizing you, what are you going to do? You're not going to say, oh, thank you, fan. Your listens, the fact that you listen is why I'm on the radio. No, you're going to go absolutely ballistic on me because guess what? You don't know that, well, I am, but guess what? I'm not a part of the media to you. I don't know what you do. I don't know your day, your ins and outs, so I can't criticize you because you don't know that. But all of a sudden, when it's a whole sports issue, everybody's an expert on it and and that's when the fan matters the most because guess what they mention it i don't remember who lagreca talks to or who the other guy's name is i can't remember his name but that covid season when there were no fans guess what still made a lot of money every game could be a completely private game with no with no stands with no stadium nothing and i don't think the nfl would lose any money at all no they still have their sponsorship dollars they still have people watching so at the end of the day we're at the point now where, listen, man, you see it with the athletics. They're still, they're still a thing. You don't need the fans. And, and to be honest, on that big of a stage as LaGreca's on, that was an embarrassment. It's embarrassing. He embarrassed himself because he was so unprofessional. Sure, we go on rants on the pod here. Not, number one, it's a podcast. A podcast is different than a, than a nationally, like a syndicated radio talk show. Like... On the WXCS Sports Report, I could go on a rant because who cares? It's college radio. If if I'm on ESPN, if I'm on The Fan, and I have a talk show, I'm not going to call somebody a piece of garbage. I'm not going to do it. You can't pay me enough to tell tell me. You can't pay me enough to defame somebody like that. No. A, another human being, first of all, and an NFL player who you're criticizing. Yeah, what is Don, what has Don LaGreca ever done? Don LaGreca, have you ever played right tackle for any team, let alone the New York Giants? And I don't care if he's playing it badly because, like we said, that's a talent level that 95, 97% of the human population will never get to. 99. Nine, nine. Yeah, that's the – listen, they're, they're a class of athlete that is not – There's a reason why yes. the, the professional sports leagues are what they are. Yes, and there's a reason why, if you're on the the 53 man roster, you don't even see action. Some of them, yeah, they stand there, and they you see it in college. Yeah, sure, you might even play in college. You might be a backup your whole college career. There's seniors on West Con on that roster that got in the game on Saturday when they were blowing out uh, Plymouth State that are just happy to be like they're on the team. They are good enough to play D3, but not good enough to start. There's so many levels to this. And, it's, and this guy's over here criti critiquing the words of somebody at the highest level. And let's be fair. Again, there's levels to media, right? 
we have us doing a podcast with a few hundred listeners every week. Then you have your bigger podcast. Then you have your small radio stations. Then you have ESPN and the fan. So again, Don, if I called in and I talked to you and I, I say something about that or I critique you, you're going to say, who the hell is this guy talking? And what does Click. he know about anything? Click. Exactly. But I'm even not let you in the screening, but I'm not going to go on an absolute rant and say that I pay your bills because guess what? I do listeners like me do all the clicks on Twitter, all the cl clicks on Instagram and YouTube. They pay your bills. You know what I mean? Because yeah. listen, if LaGreca starts getting 200, 300, 400, 500 fewer listeners every single time, ESPN's cannon his ass. Yeah, he's done. So my whole thing is you're you're making this whole thing a point of the fan has the control and and somebody else is controlling it and and you should be grateful to even be stepped on stepping on that field to I mean I no. mean Anthony how how would you feel if your job performance was being critiqued every single week how would I feel if as a teacher the principal not the principal, because that's not how it works. No, the janitor. The the, the fan, the, or the, the parents. Yeah. The parents of other students. And my if if I was getting berated by parents week in and week out, I'd be fed up with it. Luckily, I have great groups of parents. Most parents are really chill. But, like, yeah, you, you get tired of it. And then eventually you say something. And then there's one thing in that that we never got to, Chris, and we've talked about this before in that video, I mean. And they were saying how this isn't like when fans boo Giancarlo Stanton because he struck out or he can't make contact because football is, quote, like I, I, I almost want to pull it up. Football is an effort sport, and it shows that you're showing no effort because you, Don LaGreca, can look at Evan Neal and say, you know what, this guy just doesn't want to win. Nope, he wants to walk yeah. out there and collect his paycheck. We've had He's that argument that already. In. We've had that discussion that's, on this podcast in this room. That's the dumbest. That's the dumbest argument because, of course, they want to win. You know, you remember we talked yes. about this. Yes, when it was on this segment when people say, "Oh, they didn't even look like they wanted to be out there." Yeah. Because yeah, listen. Really, <laughs> Re really. If I have a if I have a bad performance and I'm doing something bad, do I want to be there? No, but it's different when you're playing a sport. No matter what, every game you're trying to win. The Cardinals could have packed it in, and Josh Dobbs could have just not played. And even if you do bad at one day at work and get critiqued for it, you want to come back the next day and be better. <laughs> so, like that is the worst take. It's the, it's just the most, and it's uh, and it's out of and a he's guy telling like, him to boo, him. and it's out of a guy like Lagreca where it's just so self righteous. And he's saying boo the guy at yeah. the mall. Boo the guy on the field. Boo the guy on the train. What? Yeah. Why are you attacking this dude? He's just, the guy went on social media, and I don't love it. I don't love it. Okay, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm just not, I, I think the Greca was way out of line. Yeah. For how he handled his rant on it. But anyway, um, I don't know. Should we do the hockey or the football? Um. Well, let's go. Uh, it's easy to we can segue either one. So whatever you want to talk about first, you know, it's going on right now. Let's talk about let's talk about hockey. Yeah, let's do hockey. All right. So we're, we're going to transition out of the football talk. Uh, we're done with the NFL, really, until bet the rent uh, where it, if, if you've been listening long enough, uh, 
already. Thank you for staying with us in Sports and Spaghetti. I am making my Beth the Rent debut today. And and it's a very Chris bet. So we'll get there when we get there. But it's finally time. The NHL season is here. Uh, the regular season started today, Tuesday. So when you listen to this, whether it be Wednesday or later in the week or on the weekend, uh, this is the first night officially of the NHL. As of our recording, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the first game of the NHL season 4-3 uh, to three over the Nashville Predators. You'll hear more about uh, that in a later segment on the show. Uh, it had to be. It had to be. But, uh, yes, it's time to be slightly selfish and uh, talk about our two teams. Uh, on this pod, we've really stayed away from talking just about our two teams, which has been so good. Uh, and, and it's gotten us into a lot of other topics. But tonight, we'll preview the Islanders and the Wild. Um because you got to know how our teams are doing, and it's our podcast, so we can talk about whatever we want. Um, I, I even wrote, we can be selfish this time. <laughs> um, Anthony, uh, you want to go first, or you want me to talk about the aisles first? I'll go first to get mine out of the way, because yours is going to have way more in depth. Um, I think the Wild, I think they're going to be in the same spot as they were last year. Um, <laughs> A common thread I think they're gonna. I think they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> But I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do anything. Um, we talked about it earlier with Ryan Hartman. I don't think he's a, a first line center. I really, honestly, don't. Um, it's all gonna depend on new assistant captain. They they announced it today. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, how well he plays, how well Matt Zuccarello plays, how big of a step Boldy can play. But they lost Matt Dumba, replaced full time with Brock Faber now, which I'm a huge fan of that move. Kalen Addison is coming up, but. I think Minnesota is going to be contending top three in the in that division with uh, it would be them honestly them Colorado and um, Dallas are going to be the top three and I think Minnesota is going to have to end up making a move at the deadline because uh, they're they're going to be in trouble. But the good part about that is I do think their farm system is is very 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 good, um, so they can go ahead and they can make that trade. But as of right now, how the roster stands, uh, they're great defensively. They're great in the goal, but I just don't. I don't think they're going to put points on the board. I don't think they're going to score a lot of goals um, because Kirill can't do it himself. Zook is, you know, he's not a goal scorer anymore. He's a playmaker, but he's not a goal scorer. So right now, I mean, you if you look at that roster, your goal scorers are Matt Boldy and and Kirill Kaprizov, and that's it. And that scares the daylights out of me. Mm. Their goaltending is going to have to be huge. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Like it was last season. Defense defense was great last year. Like I said, they're getting a full year out of uh Kalen Addison's up. Yep. But I mean the question marks, the question marks on those on the front six lines. I mean, Marco Rossi, he was a first round pick. He's looked not good. Um Freddie Goudreau's in a full full spot. Jill Erickson Eck, he plays great defense, but can he score? So it's like there's a lot of question marks and and Unless Kirill is, to, to be completely honest with you, the reason they didn't get far in the playoffs was because, listen, you take Kirill away, they don't have many other options. That's right. Yeah, you're right. So, all right, we'll talk about the Islanders now. So, um, Sarah Sibian, who is uh, one of the reporters um, uh, for the, oh, the Hur it's got to be the Hurricanes, yes. Um, she's their, their Twitter, their beat writer. Um She's got a lot of opinions, um, like strong opinions. She's a strong woman in sports. And um, 
she actually said something in her last tweet that I agree with. She was giving her playoff picks uh, this afternoon, uh, on the on the uh, the day of the the first games here, and um, number four in the Metro making the playoffs. She says, "Give me Islanders." She put all the other teams regular, and she said, "Give me Islanders." A lot of people are like, "Wishy washy on the Islanders," and guess who else is wishy washy on the Islanders? Is it you, Chris Walker? That would be me. Um, obviously. Uh, he, the reason why is because <laughs> the Islanders have nobody that they didn't have last season. There's a few guys that came up in the system. Uh, Julian Gauthier, um, uh, Simon Holmstrom is going to make the, uh, the opening day roster, I think. Um, oh, man. There were no changes. None. Really none. Uh, the only sad one to speak of is uh, is that Ross Johnston, their enforcer, who was placed on waivers with the intent of having him clear, and the Anaheim Ducks picked him up today. And I'm so aggravated about it because we love Ross the boss. Uh, the guy's been an Islander his whole career. He came up through Bridgeport. Never played a ton of games, but was always put in the games when they played the Rangers, when they needed that. When they needed the energy and uh, a fight, and when they need, like, he was an enforcer. And I love this dude. He's only 29. He played an old school game. Uh, I'm really upset about him not being there because he's one of those glue guys that is always in the room. Uh, one of those locker room guys. Uh, the players love him, uh, they love playing for him. So that's sad. Um, that's like the real big move. The Islanders signed a bunch of guys in the offseason, which we talked about earlier uh, several episodes ago. Uh, Semyon Varlamov was extended for four years. Too much, in my opinion, whatever. Uh, the big one is Ilya Sorokin uh, getting extended for eight years. Uh, that's a huge, awesome contract. So happy he's our goalie. Uh, the best in the league, if you ask me, especially with Vasilevsky out for a little while. Um, he's and the, and the NHL writers would agree with that uh, in their early poll for Vezina. Um, they re-signed Pierre Engvall. They they acquired him from the Maple Leafs last season. He had a really good campaign. Uh, that's a great move. Uh, he got a big contract, and then Scott Mayfield got I think four, I think seven years, which is a stupid, stupid, stupid move. He's not even that good. Uh, but they have the same team, Ant. So what is going to happen? Are they going to come in first place? Well, I mean, yes, they have the same team, but they're they're running they're 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 towing the line of what the Yankees have done the last five years. Of was it just a fluke that Barzal didn't perform? Was it just a fluke that Horvat disappeared? Was it a fluke that this and that happened? Um, and they're running that risk again to see is it is it just a fluke or are we is this just who we are? And I think this is a very dangerous game to play. Now I do have to say. They have their core guys locked up, which is, that is, yes, you can play that game when you have your core guys locked up. So they don't have to deal with, um, they don't have to deal with losing Sorokin. They don't have to deal with, I mean, a lot of their, like I said, a lot of their glue guys are, are locked up, or, or their core guys are locked up. So can they run it back one season? Yes. Should they? No. I feel like every team should strive to get better 
And let's be real, the two teams that I didn't think got better at all were Minnesota and the Islanders. Well, there's no reason to think they didn't get better. They didn't get better. They they literally did not get better, Ant. But yet, this team is not getting any better, and uh, there's no reason as a fan to believe that they're going to be in first place at the end of this season, or second, or third, uh, <laughs> or fourth, or fifth, or sixth. They're going to be in 16th, Anthony. So, Melissa and I actually um, made a bet. And um, I don't think Melissa really agreed to what I chose. Uh, if I win, and it's and you made a face, it's not what you think. Uh, it's uh, I said I want her to cook me like a full dinner if my part of the bet hits. And she bet me that the Islanders are going to be the first team. The first team on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. And I said they're going to be they're going to make the playoffs, but just barely. Uh, and if they make the playoffs just barely, she's going to cook me a dinner. Uh, I'm, I, I, well, while I sit there and en- enjoy Sabrina and if she wins, which she probably will, um, I forget what she said. I forget what she said I had to do. Uh, we'll get back to that. Uh, but so it'll be interesting to see, um, I think I have to give her feet a massage or something, something that I absolutely can't stand. The foot massage sounds like something she'd make you do. Yeah, that, the the, the little the little devious thing uh, she makes you do. Disgusting. Ah, <laughs> oh, what about parasites? <laughs> but uh, no, Islanders and Wild. They didn't really do a lot to get better. So why would you believe that they're gonna go anywhere uh, in the playoff picture? Um, anyway, we're buzzing. I don't way. like that. No, no. We're better anyway, now. We're better now. Uh, so Anthony said he wants to segue this into the football part. Go ahead, Ant. Uh, you were just saying about things not getting better. I, I <laughs> forgot about the football part, but um, one thing that didn't get better is I don't know if you saw Miami center um, crying on the bench. Yes. Uh, he's saying, "What the f are we doing?" <laughs> and right, I've, I've and I've felt that. I have felt that from. Somebody that came from a very bad high school football program, I feel it. So let me ask you. I'm going to set this up because this is what I wanted. I want to paint the picture. I want to paint the picture for you because you're the former football player. I never stepped foot on a football field and played a single down of team football, organized football ever. Uh, Just with that recess, recess football. And a couple times, like pickup football. (laughs) I mean, I think I caught a touchdown. I did catch a touchdown or two, but that was it. Anyway, um, so Miami, and this is uh, in Florida, Miami, Florida, the college. The team, U. The U. Um, so they made it absolute. I don't even think blunder is a good enough word for this. I've never seen anything so bad in my life. Uh, they made an absolute horrendous mistake. Uh, disaster struck on Saturday. So the game was over. The game was essentially over. All they had to do was take a knee. They had to take a knee. They won. They were winning the game. They won the game. There was no possible way they could have lost that game. None. I'm pretty sure the winning odds were a hundred percent. I think that I think I read that somewhere. They were a hundred percent at the moment because all they had to do was take a knee. Victory formation. Take a knee. 
they did a run play. It's almost like the coaches had money on the game, which they might have. They did a run play. Why you would run a play with less than a minute on the clock and you're winning, uh, they fumbled, lost the ball. Who'd they play? I don't even remember. Uh, George, was it Georgia Tech? I, I think, think it was Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech, yeah. It doesn't even matter who we're playing, to be honest. And, of course, they give up a game-winning touchdown in the final seconds. Like, and, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have heard about this. If you're a sports follower, you've definitely heard about this. But if not, yeah, you heard that right. They decided not to kneel the ball. And they they get they fumble, lose it, give up a game winning touchdown in the final minute. Chris, I just want to interrupt. Look at how the look at the win probability spike from the fumble on. It was a hundred. It was a hundred. It was a hundred. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, let me scroll because I can't zoom in on this. But with um, it was first and ten with a minute twenty two left. Miami had a ninety nine point nine percent chance to win. <sighs> All they had to do was kneel the ball two times. Second and 12, a minute 17. It went to 94. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> third, and, third and 10, they had a 97.9% chance to win. With 33 seconds left, uh, they fumbled, recovered by Georgia Tech. And that was 33 seconds. And then even after that, it was 21 seconds. That went to an 85% for they Miami. still, still should have won the game. Then with 10 seconds left with an incomplete pass, they had an 89.7% chance to win. And then at the end of the game, it, it spiked from 87 in favor of Miami to 100% for Georgia Tech. It didn't, it's, it didn't spike it, it while well, it spiked right into the ground. No. Like straight through the core to China. <laughs> Now let me now, let me play devil's advocate here. Was it a bad play call? Absolutely was a terrible play call. That coach should have his play calling rights revoked. He should. But now there's a but. If, if you, you hear crinkling in the background, it's my beautiful dog Pewter snoring. Anyway. He's built like a llama lasana sausage. Snoring like Tony Soprano out here. Anyway. We have James Gandolfini behind us. Um, no, so listen, it's a bad play call, but if you are that running back. He just gave us the most bombastic side eye I've ever seen. He just looked at us like, do you mind? I'm if, trying to sleep. If you are the running back for the University of Miami, there is no way the thought of hold on to the damn ball is not going through your head. You're getting your number called. Forget five points of pressure. You need five points of pressure plus your other arm, plus dig it down into your chest. You shouldn't be trying to run for a first down. Your main goal should be chew the clock and take the and 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 take the and don't lose the ball. That should be what you're thinking of. Because if you watch the play, he's fighting for extra yards. He's fighting for extra yards, and a Georgia Tech player comes in and strips the ball from him. What? But see, what I don't understand is why. Why is that the play call? 
on what planet? No, it, it shouldn't. It what shouldn't. World is that an acceptable call? It shouldn't have been. It should not have been the play. The the play should have been taken the game over. Honestly, it should and, have. And as the running back, and given the situation, would like wouldn't you not just know football enough to say I don't like this call? I'm still. I'm not going to listen. And I'm going to take a knee. But it's not even that. You just you. Why are you fighting for extra yards? Why are you hung up and you have people hanging on you and you're still driving your legs? I get it, but have the wherewithal to be like, hey, maybe I should just try to ball security and making sure I don't lose this ball is number one priority. You shouldn't have been spinning and juking and doing all that. Not only he, he, not only does he fumble the ball, but Miami's defense, who had all but packed it in, I mean, they were they were pretty much getting ready to go back into the locker room, right? Miami's yeah. defense gives up a 30-yard pass, an incompletion and then a thirty-yard touchdown. Why were heels? Why were your heels not on that on the goal line? How do you let people get behind you? How do you let this happen? So yes, is it a bad play call? Absolutely. But let's play it in the other direction, right? Let's say it's a tie game in my. Let's say it's a tie game for Miami and you're marching. Okay. Let's take the knee out of the equation. Right. If you're marching and you're in field goal territory and and you're running the ball because you're going to run the ball, that's what happens. Your coach is going to tell you. Hold on to the ball. Hold on to it with two hands if you have That's to. That's what I'm saying. You know, you, you make sure make sure we have a chance to kick this game-winning field goal. That's what they're going to tell you. And let's play it the other way. Let's say Georgia Tech is driving like they were. We don't even have to play it the other way. If Georgia Tech is driving, you should be playing prevent defense. So, yes, a lot of things happened that should not have happened because of the dumb play call in the first place, but you still made the mistake of fumbling it. You still made the mistake of giving up two huge plays for a touchdown. So, yes, it's on the coach, but then again, like, you're expecting, let's, you know, your your coach has just given you the ingredients. Your coach has just given you the recipe. You still have to cook it. Right. So that's my whole issue with this with this situation. It was is, a complete failure on all aspects. Yes, absolutely. From the play call straight through. And there and there were different levels to to even if they had to run the play. For yeah. some reason. Because you know how unpredictable football is. Let's just look at what was it the Vikings Bills game last year where the Viking or the Bills were driving and they fumbled on the 1-yard line on the on the QB exchange like yeah, that happens. Who who's to say that they they call the kneel and he fumbles the snap and they get the ball again? Just because the play isn't, you know, the correct play call, you still have to execute. Right. The, the bottom line is that the play that was called was not executed, even though it was a horrendous call. doesn't matter. You still can't fumble the ball um, with less than a minute to go. Less than 30. It was 33 seconds. That's, that's uh, an egregious play. And how you let them march the ball 50 yards in 33, less than 33 seconds. That's on your defense. Too. I mean, that is an all-time bad beat. Yeah, uh, all, that's all around. All-timer. That's going to be talked about for years to come, especially around the Miami community. Yeah, they're going to be known for that play. Mm-hmm. That is the worst minute in Miami football, maybe ever. Yeah, it's a sad time for them right now. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that's not sad, Chris. One thing that's not sad is making money, and I'm going to tell you exactly how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't sound very promising. I'm going to tell you how to do that. I'm going to tell gentlemen. you how to do that. Okay? Welcome, welcome to bet the rent today. Um, 
So I lost last week in the college football parlay. Um, Texas sold me real, real early. Texas sold to Oklahoma, lost to Oklahoma. Um, in the NFL, I had one pick correct, but that's that's okay. I uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I cashed out early, so I did. I cashed out on that Jacksonville pick, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take my money while I can. So I took I took that because I parlayed them together. But we're gonna give you a college football parlay. Miami is not on it, so college football parlay. This one's gonna sit at plus twenty six eighty nine. Now, obviously, these odds will change from the time I recorded this, and I've said everything. These are the odds. So, and then these are the lines. So, if they change, don't don't yell at me. Make your own discretion. Because why are you? Listen, if if you can't make the discretion from a guy on a podcast giving you betting advice, not even advice, then maybe you shouldn't be betting. Nonetheless, college football parlay sitting at twenty six eighty nine. I'm taking the James Madison Dukes minus four versus Georgia Southern. They are at home. JMU is a wagon. Um, this is their second year in Division One, but they're 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 great. Georgia Southern is that other team in the Sun Belt that usually uh, contends for it, but JMU won it last year. I'm riding with JMU. Next up, Florida Gators money line at South Carolina. South Carolina is the favorite in this game, even though Florida is ranked. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't had good. I haven't had good luck with Florida, but I think Florida. I think Florida takes it. Spencer Rattler looked bad last week, and and Florida is again. Florida's ranked, so just just win this, please. <laughs> Next up, I have Iowa plus ten at Wisconsin. Um, Last week, uh, Rutgers covered four, plus 14 at Wisconsin. Uh, Iowa's better than Rutgers. I'm taking Iowa plus 10. Take the points. It's going to be a defensive battle. Iowa could win this. You never know. Um, next up, this one was this one was tough for me. I have USC plus 2.5 at Notre Dame. Uh, the reason I took UFC is, A, they're getting points. Um, B, Caleb Williams looks really, really good. And C, everybody knows Notre Dame can't win the big game. So very similar to, uh, to Ohio State. I don't think Notre Dame could win it. Um, if you want the better odds, take the USC money line, but I feel safe with the points because something always happens to Notre Dame football. And then finally, I have UCLA and Oregon State. I have the over, which is 54.5. Both of these teams are you know, Pac-12 teams, and these guys score a lot. So uh, not a lot of defense getting played over in that Pac-12. I'm taking the over 54.5. When you, when you think about it in the term of it's, it's essentially three touchdowns each team, it's not really – or uh, four touchdowns each team. That's not really that bad to no. to look at. Um, so that is my college football parlay. It's going to sit you at twenty six eighty nine. And now I've done some talking. I'll catch my breath unless we want to go. Do you want to go to Chris now? Yeah. Or? Okay. Let's. Yeah, we'll go to me now. Let's swing it over to Chris. We're going to call that. We're going to call him cashier's check, Chris, because this is just as good as cash, baby. Um, NHL starts. Chris, give me your picks. All right, so Anthony's over here with the plus twenty six eighty nine odds. All right, I'm here's one if you want to win some money. Oh wow, okay. Like if you if you want a a real like feasible shot at winning money, I've got just the parlay for you. Okay, so a ten. This is this this parlay only carries odds of plus two hundred fifty six. Okay. But I want you to win some money, and these are the kind of bets I make. I don't make a, if and and I haven't made a sports bet in a long time, but I will. I will make a bet for every time I do a bet the rent for hockey. I will do it, uh, you know, to see what I do overall. Um, like I said, plus two hundred six, uh, two fifty six odds here. Uh, I and these games. So when I do these, these are all going to be Saturday games. 
Uh, Saturday is usually the big day in the NHL. In fact, later this month, uh, all 16 teams, uh, all 16 games will happen. All 32, two, 32 teams play, and the games are staggered like March Madness uh, on that day. Uh, and ESPN has them all, which is going to be actually really cool to watch. I've, that's never happened. They're all 15 minutes apart, staggered. Oh, that's awesome. it, it's like ridiculously that's awesome. cool. Um, anyway, uh, so. The Florida Panthers at the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets, over six and a half goals scored. The reason why I say that's at minus 120, why I say hammer the over there, is because whenever these two teams have matched up in the past couple seasons, the games have been really high scoring. The fewest number of goals scored in one of these games over the last two seasons has been five. So I did my research Usually you get seven and eight goals. Uh, there's been a couple six five games, a couple six four games, a couple five four games. Uh, these teams always score a lot of goals. Over six and a half is a lot in hockey. It's a higher end of the overs. Usually it's six or five and a half. Uh, so hammer the over there, six and a half goals. Panthers at Jets. These are all Saturday games. Uh, also, Lightning plus one and a half at Detroit. Listen. Detroit got better this year, but the the Lightning are still the Lightning. The Lightning won tonight, Tuesday night. Um, as of me checking it pregame, minus two sixty five. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that they're a pretty heavy favorite to go plus one and a half. Uh, that's okay. They can even lose the game by one, and you still hit. These are the odds that we like. The last one, another. Not lock necessarily, but a pretty good bet is Avalanche money line at Sharks. The Sharks are not a good team this year, and the Avalanche are a very good team this year. Minus 245, you're like, Chris, these are ridiculous. Yeah, these are pretty much locks. All right, well, then do them. Parlay them. Plus 256 odds as it stands on a Tuesday. A $10 bet wins you 25, uh, wins you 15 bucks overall, wins you 25 bucks. Yeah, you get twenty six and your money back. You get twenty six and your money back, right? Well, the way I so yes, I I meant to say you get thirty six, twenty five or twenty six of that is uh is in winnings is in winnings. I meant thirty six. Thank you. Um, that's not a bad day. Some people want to win two thousand bucks, two hundred bucks. All I want to win is twenty five. Yeah. You make twenty five bucks in the day. And then my, my parlay's one for one. Will it necessarily hit guaranteed? No, that's why it's a bet. But if I were betting, I'd do that nice little safe bet there. No, I like it, Chris. I like that a lot. Because, listen, I don't I like the safe, but I don't like the safe. Because I could take all the, especially college football, I'll parlay all of the quote-unquote the good games, and I'll make 40 bucks. But that doesn't make my shorts jump, Chris. I, I want a bet that makes my shorts jump. And this is why I lose. I hope you know that. Right. Uh, listen, you always break even because for all the ones you've been losing, you'll hit one and you'll make it all back. And that's where they get you. Well, and that's why they got me because, as we remember, my first bet the rent hit. So I'm still using money from that to, to pay for all the other ones. So I'm still pl- I'm still close to positive here, guys, which is nice. <laughs> close which to is positive. nice. I don't I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly. Um, but now we'll swing it over to the NFL. Uh, if you want to parlay these, it's a plus thirty-seven eighty, which I know that sounds very like you're. It sounds like oh my god, like 
he is picking absolute garbage picks. Listen to me, okay? I, 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 I do have some thought behind these, right? There is the hamster in my brain is not dead yet, okay? So the first one, like I said, if we want to parlay these, it's plus 3780. There's a bump to it. So your straight picks, this is no parlay, okay? Uh, San Francisco minus five and a half at Cleveland. San Francisco just beat Dallas by like 30. Oh, I love that pick. I don't care how good Cleveland's defense is. San Francisco, listen, if you want to do an alternate line and make this 10, I think San Francisco covers it. San Francisco's a wagon. I don't, oh, I think minus five and a half is generous. I don't, I don't, I sincerely don't think anybody beats San Francisco this year. I really don't. Do I think they go undefeated? No, they're probably rest starters, but I don't think their A squad gets beat at all this year. Um, Brock Purdy, oh, we've, we've we've talked about him and how he was just a a, a, a system quarterback. I'm I'm eating. I'm ready to eat my words. And when George Kittle's catching three <laughs> touchdowns a game, I mean, you really you got McCaffrey. This is the only game he didn't score a touchdown in, and since he's been with the 49ers, he got a touchdown. Oh, did he? Oh yeah, yeah, he scored. He's got oh, a touchdown right. in 15 straight games. That's it, which it ties the record. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I saw that. But yeah, no, Kittle had. All time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Kittle had three. But that's the thing is like these guys are. Just when you focus on Kittle, they have McCaffrey. And if you focus on McCaffrey, they have Debo. And if you focus on Debo, they have Ayuk. So it's like they're just unbelievable. I think, you know, Cleveland hangs their hat on defense, but I think the offensive line of San Francisco is just too good. So I'm taking San Francisco minus five and a half at Cleveland. Next up, I have the Houston. I'm, not, I'm sorry, that's minus 108. Houston money line at the Saints. That's plus 105. Listen, I don't think Houston is bad is as bad as we talked about. They lost a nail-biter to Atlanta. We're slowly seeing Atlanta is the number one team in that division. They're probably fighting with Tampa Bay. But I don't think – New Orleans' defense is really good. I just don't think they have the juice to hang with Houston offensively. I think C.J. Stroud is a stud. I think he's being put in a very good position. I think D'Amico Ryans is a very good head coach. So I'm going to go uh, Houston money line versus New Orleans. Plus, it's in Houston. It's at NRG. But they are not the favorite to win the game. No, no, they're not. New Orleans is the favorite. I think it's like three or four, like plus three or four. But again, if we're going value here for the for the parlay, I'm right. taking money line. I think they're going to win anyway. Um, next up, I have Seattle's money line at Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat a bad team. Seattle is not a bad team. Seattle plays way better defense than than the than the Cardinals do. Uh, that's that's the one. That is this I'm the one about. that you're worried about? That's that's going to be a problem, I have a feeling. Okay, but you have to think, too. T. Higgins is probably still out. So, yes, they're going to be looking at Justin Jefferson a lot more. And there's a big, big difference from Marco Wilson on Justin Jefferson to Devon Weatherspoon in a good secondary. That's the only reason I'm thinking Moneyline. Um, I think this is a plus 2.5 or a plus 3.5, which for for numbers that low, I'm still taking, I'm still taking Cincinnati. Or I'm st- excuse me, I'm still taking Seattle over Cincinnati, and that's sitting at plus 105 as well. And then this one is, I think this is all about momentum, and I think, I think home field advantage is going to have a lot to do with it. I have the Chicago Bears after dumping on them. I have them money line over Minnesota. Why do I have them money line over Minnesota? They haven't been able to run the ball very well. Kirk Cousins has pretty much only been able to get the ball to. Um, Justin Jefferson so far and Justin Jefferson just hit the injured reserve he's done for at least four weeks with a hamstring injury um 
I think Jordan Addison is going to have a good game, but you've seen this Chicago team can score on bad teams. They can score almost at will. And, and in this Minnesota defense is it's held up pretty good, but their only win has been against my Panthers and it was, they squeaked it out. So I don't know. I think Chicago, I think, I think Chicago is going to be decent in that. Um, if you want to do a little same game, same game parlay, check the lines on Hawkinson. I think he's going to have a big day. And I think uh, I think DJ Moore is going to have another big day. But that's the thing too is DJ Moore has been unstoppable these last two weeks, and and I don't think Minnesota has the secondary to deal with that. Um, and then lastly, to add in to bump the parlay up to thirty seven eighty, go back to that San Francisco and Cleveland game, and I would hit the over. And the over over underline in that is thirty seven and a half points. I think San Francisco <laughs> might score thirty seven and a half. That's what I'm saying. Is is San Francisco is like I said, they're a wagon. Maybe this is the one where it's oh, it seems too obvious, so it's not going to hit, and that's how they trick you. But listen, for for all intents and purposes, I think that thirty seven and a half. I think again, I think they might score thirty five themselves. Um, so let's run that over. If you want to parlay it, it's going to be plus 37.80. San Francisco minus 5.5 at Cleveland over 37.5. Houston money line versus New Orleans at plus 105. Seattle money line at Cincinnati plus 105. And Chicago money line versus uh, Minnesota at plus 120. Um, let's do it. Let's let's keep it. Let's keep it going, man. I'm, I, I have, I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Um, and, and let's be, let's be real here quick. Um, DraftKings. Okay. I'm speaking directly to you. I reached out to be an ambassador, to be a partner. Uh, you guys got back to me within, within the hour. And that was about a month ago. It was the second episode of bet the rent. So, um, listen, we don't need money. We don't need a code. If you just want to, we'll make a sports and spaghetti DraftKings account. If you just want to put money in that for us, even in bet credits, if you give us a hundred dollars an episode, I can promise you, I will bet all that money. I can <laughs> promise you I'm not taking any of it. I will, I will turn around and I will bet all that money. If we win anything, when we win anything, we'll give you the hundred dollars back and we'll keep whatever's, whatever's left. But I can guarantee you Whatever you want to give it to me, whatever sponsorship you want to give to us, just give it to me in credits. Give it to us in credits. We'll be fine. Yeah. So, so that's that's directly to you, DraftKings. Everybody tag DraftKings in this, please. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll move that'll move the that'll move the needle. That's um, right. Now to our favorite segment of the week. Um, it is the Grammys Grinders of the week. We had a Grammys recipe today, so it's only fair we continue to talk about Grammy. Uh, Chris, you never write yours on the note sheet. It's always a surprise to me. So why don't you take it away? I do that because I don't like to have it like, eh, I like to be a surprise. Okay. So my Grammys grinder of the week is somebody, uh, I was going to have it be one player, uh, but it's actually another. Um, it's Jonas Johansson, the goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning, not Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, he's out for two months. Could be 30 games he misses out of an 82-game season. It's about 40% of a season that he might be out, uh, you know, if if it shakes out that way. That's that's a big loss. The Lightning got off on the right foot today. Jonas Johansson made 28 saves on 31 shots in en route to a uh, 5-3 win for the Lightning. I think I said 4-3 earlier. I forgot about the empty netter by Kucherov with one second left. Um 
Shout out to Jonas Johansson. He's the guy. He's the starting goalie on this team. It's no more, oh, the backup is filling in. No. You're the starting goalie. You, you need to win games. It's your team now, pal. It's your team. For the time being, it's your team. And who knows? If the Lightning get out and they win 15 games in their first 20, Vasilevsky can take two, maybe three months off if he needs to. If this team is at or a little below 500, Vasilevsky might come back before he's supposed to. And that could pose a problem later on. So this guy did the right thing. Stepped up and won a big first game. Uh, the three goals that went in were not on him. Uh, first game, everybody's kind of shaking off the cobwebs. The preseason doesn't even count a little bit. Uh, you never know until you start with the intensity of a regular season game. And he rose to the challenge. So Jonas Johansson, um, Grammy's grinder of the week for me. Okay. And my Grammy's grinder, of that was a really good one, Chris. That was a very good one. It was a little predictable. I kind of had a feeling. As soon as I saw that they won, I was like, yeah, whatever, because he's a goalie. Yeah. Um, so mine is uh, my Grammy's Grinder of the Week. If you guys remember the episode we filmed on my porch, um, on, wow. on my on my little outside porch, he was my pick for NL MVP. My Grammy's Grinder of the Week is Braves third baseman Austin Riley. Now, why is Austin Riley Grammy's grinder of the week? Well, he hit a late game go-ahead home run against Philly in game two. But not only that, um, he scratched that part in my brain that makes me want to be a baseball coach by, like, good fundamentals. And he did that by backing up an errant center field throw. Um, so if you guys didn't see the game, this was last night, Monday night. Um, uh, Bryce Harper was on first. Um, I don't remember who it was. Line the ball, deep center field. Michael Harris made a great catch. Um, Michael Harris threw the ball into his cutoff. He missed the cutoff um, as Bryce Harper was trying to get you know, back to first. Austin Riley put himself in great position by backing up the play and constantly moving, um, and he got the ball and was able to nab Bryce Harper at first. Game over. Um, now, I do have to say, very heads-up play by Austin Riley, and I don't hate the move by Bryce Harper. Because it's the playoffs, and that's a that's a play you have to make. Because only in a in a world where it's a perfect catch, a perfect relay, and a perfect throw to first, are you getting out? Um, yeah. Did it happen? Uh, yes, it did happen this time. But if you run that, if you if you make that play a simulation and run it a hundred times, I probably about ninety six percent of those hundred Bryce Harper scoring from first right. in that game is tied. So, Austin Riley. For playing very good fundamental heads up baseball. I love that. You are my Grammy's Grinder of the Week. That's a fabulous choice, Ant. Wow. This is a good one today. I enjoy it. This is a good one. All right, listen. Um, we've taken up enough of your, your morning or whenever. Uh, so follow us on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod, on TikTok at Sports and Spag Pod. Make sure you like and comment and let us know what you think. Again, uh, be like, be like Tish, be like my mom. Tell me, tell me about every episode. Um, I, I you know, uh, we had good reviews for the last episode, so hopefully we'll be on that train again. Um, I'm Chris and Ant is across from me. It's been sports and spaghetti. I've had a lot of fun today. It's a late night tonight. Uh, we had some, we had some, uh, technical challenges, but you didn't even know that. Uh, and yeah, there you go, Anthony. 
All right. As Chris already said, I'm Ant. That's Chris. As always, take care of your loved ones. Teach Don Le- teach Don LaGreca how to flip a cheeseburger. And as always, <laughs> stay full.